Welcome to the Check Your Six podcast. Join your hosts, Air Force veterans Craig Lyson and Tim Proctor as they continue their conversation about the challenges of small business ownership as well as information, tips and guest speakers, all designed to help you navigate the potential stormy weather that is small business. And now, here are your hosts, Craig and Tim. Oh, good morning, Craig. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, Tim. What's going on? Not much. You hey, know, it, I tell you, one day you say I don't talk loud enough. The no, next, it's I, not I totally yelling. It. It's just talking. You know, it's project. Use your sergeant voice. You know, not your yelling Man, sergeant. If I did that, I'd be back to the hospital. I don't have the lungs. Listen, <laughs> let me just tell you who I am, so we can get you going. Okay. Here. So uh, I'm with Vets Growth. My phone number is four zero seven seven five four five seven seven nine, and you can reach me by email at info vetsgrowth.com what about you sir tim at grpstudios.com or 407-862-6882 here in the lovely grp studios today nice and brisk in here we're getting ready for fall well it is fall falls like what two days and then we have kind of a non-fall and then we have winter for a week and i get to wear sweatshirts and stuff it's really cool so. Yeah, I I love. I think that's when everybody comes down here because we're we're not we're not snowbirds. Yeah, nope, we're not snowbirds. We're not a halfback people that come down here from up north and then move halfway back to Tennessee or Maggie Valley area or someplace. But we're we've got a fun guest in here today, and I can't even remember how I connected with you, John. But it was a weird way. But anyways, we have Mr. John Hughes. John Hughes Golf is in the building. There he is. There he is. He drove all the way in here from Haines City today. Battled the I-4 traffic, which is a nightmare. But I would 27s. But that's almost worse than I-4. Almost as bad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. We haven't been down Highway 27 in a long time. We used to go down to Naples. But even from 11 years ago to just about a year and a half, it had changed significantly. So now it's even worse. Oh, and that's where Orlando's growing. Yep. All out that way. Uh, Claremont, winter, you know, the whole Winter thing. Garden, yeah, it's all Eastern growing. County, well, yeah. we keep putting signs up in Orlando, please move to your location because we can't move in our traffic. No, we can't. Now, what's it's, funny is we're the redheaded stepchildren of the various media markets. We're on the far east side of Tampa and no one wants to cover us. Orlando would love to cover us, but they can't because it's not part of the media market. So yeah. Oh, it's, it's you a know, toss, it, of, toss of a coin each time you look at a paper or a TV station. Some people from, from down south came, some friends of ours came to visit us from down south, and they said we're staying in Claremont at this resort. And I'm thinking, I don't remember there being any resorts in Claremont. He said, well, here it is. This is what it is. I said, this is Kissimmee, guys. This is, but it's right there <laughs> before you get to 27, and it's on 192. They said, well, we want, to go to, we want to walk over to some of the places in Claremont. I said, Claremont's about 18 miles away. We're not walking anywhere. So anyways, for those of you that are not in Central Florida, you're like, this has nothing to do with anything. But <laughs> we do have golf pro John Hughes in the studio today. And before I do some introductions, give us some contact information. If people want to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of Mr. John Hughes? Sure. Early on. In business development, I said, you know, you got to make things simple. So it's John Hughes Golf, at John Hughes Golf, Facebook at John Hughes Golf. It doesn't matter. JohnHughesGolf.com, Twitter, Instagram. It's the easiest way to remember it. I have been on the website. In fact, we have it up here in the studio for, for everybody to see that are in here, just you and I and Craig. And it is pretty easy to get to. But anyways, John Hughes, current top 25 instructor for Golf Tips Magazine. Senior editor for Current him as well. Senior editor as well. 
current top 100 growth of the game instructor for the Golf Range Association of America. You're a PGA of America Master Professional Instructor, USA Kids Golf Certified Coach. You're the recipient of the 2013 PGA of America's Professional Development Award. You're the recipient of North Florida PGA Section 2008 Teacher of the Year. Uh, honorary President of North Florida PGA. I've got about eight others here, but we only have a 30 minutes to cover it. So <laughs> you are kind of a who's who. A lot of the people that have been your students are club champions, NCAA champions, mini tour professionals, and PGA tour champions. We won't give you a, ask you to give a list of that, but you haven't always been a golf pro. So give us a little bit of your background and then how you got to be where, at, where you are at today. Yeah, it's an interesting story and a, and a great question. Uh, I started out as a professional athlete playing soccer and almost made the U.S. national team. I was five minutes from it and tore a knee up. And at 17 years old, that was pretty devastating, but continued, had a lot of fun playing collegiately, did play a little bit of professional while I was in college and just got to the point where the knee couldn't hold up and one day in the dorm room, someone was a couple of guys were going down the hallway clanging some clubs at six in the morning. And I'd been out a little too late that evening. And they woke no. me up and I opened the door and I'm like, What in the world are you guys doing? And they said, We're going to play golf. You want to go? And I looked at them very seriously. Why would I want to go? You just woke me up. And they said, You can drink beer. And I said, Give me <laughs> 10 minutes to shower and I'm joining you. And the love affair started. It really took the place, the big void. When when you're a professional athlete, no matter what sport you're in, when you face that time of retirement, whether it's by choice or not, there's a void or there's a competitive void there. And golf really filled that for me, especially coming out of school. Played a lot, played to my potential skill and athletically took some lessons, looked at potentially playing professionally, but realized that's a full-time job that doesn't pay. We're got where soccer paid a little bit and the support from parents were like, well, you better make sure you've got a roof over your head. So I went the club pro uh, route thinking I may be able to get to play at one point, but I think deep down inside the, the threads of my fiber of being was more coaching, uh, probably upper level management as as somebody would say in other sports, but also coaching. And it just it's evolved from there. It's it's been a really nice journey. I've played golf in the past and I'm I'm horrible at it. I think a truck follows me with sand and grass to cover whenever I'm out there on the course. But this is episode seventy five today and the the subtitle for this was A Nice Walk Spoiled by a Little White Ball. And that seems to be, I think, but unless you are an avid golfer, serious golfer, but if you're just a Joe casual golfer, you like to go out, you like to play, I think you're kind of an irritant to those that are on the course that are very, very serious about what they do because everybody is Tiger Woods out there, right? Well, egotistically, sure. But <laughs> when you're talking about golf or anything else you do, why are you doing it? It's to have fun. And I, I live by a credo that if I'm not having fun, I change what I do. And I think most everybody lives by that credo. But when you get so sucked into something, you forget it and you forget what fun's about. So you end up frustrating yourself, frustrating the other people around you. 
And it literally takes, as my wife calls it, you have to have a come to Jesus meeting with yourself at some point and say, yeah. is this fun or not? And when you do so and finally make that decision that it's fun, life changes, the, the game changes. And good coaching can help you through that. Uh, good coaching from in any sport, even if it's business, can help you through those not-so-fun frustrations. But let's face it, life can't be fun all the time. The striving to be fun, the striving to make things fun. Uh, recently with, with Steve Jobs' anniversary of his passing, really good video that he did as a commencement exercise. I can't remember the university. Hey, you better have some fun doing and really have a lot of passion for what you do because you're going to wake up every day and do that. And I think that's really what I try to provide my clientele, regardless of the skill level. Let's have some fun doing this. You're on a podcast as well, so give a little bit of shout-out to your podcast that you're on regularly, I believe. Yeah, Golf Talk Live with Ted Oderico. I'm on every second Thursday at 7 o'clock. He has a little segment, an hour-long segment called Coach's Corner, where myself and uh, another regular guest, we, we're on every second Thursday, and we talk about a lot of different things, and Ted's really good at trying to expand the golf horizons. It's not just laughing it up and yucking it up and and trying to be critical of people or being a talking head. This is literally, hey, here's some questions that, that he's fielding as a golf instructor, or here's some questions that he's fielding as owner and publisher of Golf Tips Magazine, and we actually get a chance to answer those questions without the live call in, you know, who's screening the calls? We don't have to worry about that because that's already been done by Ted. It's it's a it's a nice, enjoyable podcast. It's very undersung, is the way I'd say it. It's if you were to listen to some of the on demand uh, recordings, I think you'd get a lot out of it. He has some really good guests after that segment as well. Yeah, I listened to some of those. I looked at some of the videos on your website. Although he allows you to call in. He doesn't make you drive all the way from Winterhaven to come to a studio, does he? Yeah, the iPhone and the <laughs> AirPods come in handy, especially when I've made the drive home from the golf course. Yeah. So let's start with who is your best student? Is it somebody who's really serious about it or somebody that I just want to get better? And it, you know, it reminds me of the I hate to give them publicity, but the Spectrum commercial where the two guys are walking up and one's getting ready to tee off and the other one's holding this camera. He's, yeah, I've saved so much money. I'm getting my instructions from my coach. Yeah, and you're supposed to keep score, too. That's yeah, and he says, you said fun, right? We don't keep count. That's, that's like, okay. Yeah, that's but, okay. But who keeps score? Everybody. Literally, that's what it's all about. I just, that one I is, is kind of funny. And with you coming in here today. So you teach. Why did you start teaching? What is it? about that? It's about giving back. Uh, like I said, that's part of my fiber is giving back. And I think when you look at all the great coaches, no matter whether it's in business, sport, anywhere else, those people do give back and they give back quite a bit. And they, they do a lot more than just what you see happening in front of you. Uh, the homework hours of researching drills or researching material that you should read because it's going to make you a better person not only a better golfer, the the sending of videos after the fact, the contacting of other experts to help you out. Uh, I'm not an expert at fitness. I know enough to be dangerous. I could I could hurt you if I really wanted to, Craig. <laughs> but if I've got a fitness professional I've done my research on, and I, I can refer you that way. 
that that's what really got me involved with it. And you'd asked, hey, what about the clients that I teach? I think the one word that resonates with every one of my clients is commitment. When when someone comes to me and they're they're looking at my rate or they're looking at the other things that I do, it's not by design, but by sheer accident, they may get scared off. I've made a full-time commitment into somebody else's passion, and all I ask is for a little commitment from them. And and when I do get committed clients, sky's the limit. Whether they, they want to win a club championship or they just want to break 100, it doesn't really matter. Just that little bit of commitment on their behalf motivates me to be even more committed for them. Or they just want bragging rights. That's they it. go out golfing with their buddies. I have to say now, you know, I hear this a lot, and, and I really don't see it. I hear that golf is a dying uh, sport, but what I'm seeing now is more like uh, I'm involved with the Marine Association golf tournament coming in in November, and every time I go to these veteran golf tournaments, I they're packed. They're, they got the max that they can pack uh, a golfer, uh, golf people on their course. Camaraderie Foundation, they had to get two. They had a golf tournament for their foundation. They had to get two golf courses. Because they had over 250 golfers. And that's another level of commitment. And commitment, there's commitment to learn and improve. There's commitment to a passion or a cause. There's a commitment just because you enjoy the sport. But when you when you make that commitment, you can do great things with it. And golf, I'm real fortunate as honorary president of the North Florida PJ section. I get a lot of emails from the national body, from allied associations. Golf by no means is dead. COVID's actually helped it grow quite a bit. But even before COVID, I I think what you guys perceive as being dead is me and my brother not being proactive enough to to show golfers out there what golf can provide them, not only as a sport, but the people you meet, the networking you can do, and and the great causes that you can assist through the game of golf. Sports in general, I saw something the other day, sports in general have a, a lot of healing powers and a lot of things get left in the parking lot when you go out and you play golf or you play pickup basketball, or you do something. So I think it can be almost therapeutic to go out and be frustrated out of your socks because you can't keep the stupid ball in the fairway, which we'll probably talk about that. I had a bunch of Caddyshack things lined up, but they, nah, we won't, we won't use any of those. And before we go into the next segment, you have about a dozen things on your website that you do for people. I mean, from virtual to groups to individuals to one-on-one to all kinds of stuff. What is your wheelhouse? What do you like doing best from your website? I would say it's the one-to-one. Most people who are beginners will start in a group. If you've ever taken up a musical instrument, it's normally as a group. And as you progress, it becomes one-to-one. What's really thrilling from a coach's standpoint of view is not necessarily the lack of work that you do with one-to-one. It's actually more intensive work with one-to-one. When With groups, it's more laborious. It's more repetitiveness. But with one-to-one, you can really get peel the onion layers back is what I call it of that individual and set realistic goals, set smaller goals that reach bigger ones. Uh, whether it's scoring or statistical categories or I just want to be better fit so I hit it 10 yards further kind of thing. When you look at my website and look at the programs I do, 90% of them are one-to-one, and there's a design reason for that because 
not only do I get more enjoyment and more fulfillment out of it, I get a smile out of it. I'm not going to die rich doing this, but at least I can die happy doing this. But more importantly for my clientele, when it's one-to-one, their return on investment is just so much greater. They're having more fun doing what they're doing, which in turn hopefully makes your job more fun. Well, let's, let's take a quick break here and we'll talk about some stuff and come back and talk more golf things. Stay tuned. The guys will be right back with more on how to check your six. For over 40 years, GRP Studios in Longwood has produced thousands of projects of all shapes and sizes. Large budget or small budget, GRP Studios has a service that can meet your needs. Besides our audio and video services, GRP Studios can also provide teleprompter support for commercials or convention projects. Our mission is simple, to get your vision produced the best it can be done for the budget you have. Contact us at grpstudios.com or better yet, stop on by for a visit and have some of our world famous popcorn. All right, we are back with the second half of the Check Your Six podcast, episode number 75, A Nice Walk Spoiled by a Little White Ball. We have golf professional teacher instructor extraordinaire John Hughes in the studio today. And you know you probably should be happy that you don't have headphones any, on any longer because you don't have to listen to the music, right? Uh, no, I'm getting a good nap, though. Okay, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> well, before we left and, and come back in the second half, I want to talk about how you built your business. Kind of, We are a small business podcast, quote unquote, but then I also want to have some more fun. Now, let me, let me ask you something. I haven't golfed in quite a while. I just don't seem to have the time, but I score differently than I think most people are supposed to. Okay. If I start out with 18 balls and I find four, you're up. I shot four under. If I start out with 18 and I end up with six, I had a bad day. I shut, I, I shut over. So yeah. I'm like, why is that not working out? Tell that to some of the people like, you're a moron. Well, I, you know, I'm not serious. We like to have a lot of fun, but I know that's not how you, you approach it. I've looked on your website. You have a fair amount of videos. Most of them are short. They're very distinct. They're very specific. And I think that's great because you get people's attention and one of the ones I saw would had something about swinging in a barrel. That's all I remember about it was swinging in a barrel. I catch a lot of grief about that, that I Why? saw the size of a beer barrel two-dimensionally in video. So I cut those comments out when I see them. Oh, I think it's, <laughs> see, I think it's hilarious. If you're that serious about it, that it offends you. Like, But anyways, so you have a lot of videos on there. They're short. They're to the point. They cover a specific topic. That's kind of your brand. You're building your brand a specific way. Correct. How did you start this? Obviously, you kept it simple, John Hughes. But did you have a a business plan when you walked in? What transition or what made you start your business? And how did you really start it? It's the old trial by fire out of necessity. I, I was running Golf Digest schools through a license agreement for a person I was working for and just the rug was pulled out from under me unexpectedly and had to make something happen very, very quickly. I'd had a website. It was down. I had to rebuild the website. I had to find a place to teach. It was, it was literally just by necessity. This, all this came about, but by evolution, a lot of the decisions to make shorter videos or to to coach more committed golfers sort of came to light, uh, mainly due to some self 
uh, evaluation, but uh, also looking at the resources that I was provided to get it started. So that was back in late 2013, almost eight years later, starting my ninth year at the same facility. The continuity, the consistency was there. And I'd say from a small business standpoint of view, that's also been uh, something that I've tried to be is very consistent. And it wasn't until I was consistent with videos that I started getting a following with that. But I also started becoming more consistent with themes and with times and with the ability to make it short and sweet to almost anybody uh, versus trying to be super specific to the golf nut. Uh, there's a lot of, we're, we're bombarded by information out there. We were talking about it earlier when it comes to podcasts, when you can differentiate yourself and be that specific. And I think a lot of people force it upon themselves to do that, where with me, it was by trial and error, under fire, the necessity to put a roof over my head. It's been a very scary journey but it's been a journey that's been very fulfilling and it's allowed me to turn a corner and I'm actually in a growth spurt because of it. And it's all just very much like golf, learning from your mistakes, not making the same mistake twice. Golf, you tend to do that from a physical standpoint of view, but if you're taking notes correctly and, and evaluating yourself on a timely basis, you can make almost anything grow and improve. Let's give a shout out to where you teach because you teach at a couple of golf courses, correct? Correct. I'm real fortunate. Uh, my main facility, Falcons Fire Golf Club, it's owned and managed. I'm sorry, it's managed by Hampton Golf out of St. Augustine. And uh, a real good friend of mine there, M.G. Orinder, who's the owner, gave me a, a leg up when I really needed it. I really appreciated it at the time. And he and I see each other a couple times a year. I throw a lot of ideas there. But Jason McClure, the general manager, has been absolutely fantastic. I throw, we have spaghetti sessions is what I call it. Let's throw the spaghetti noodles on the wall and see what see sticks. What sticks. Yep. And we do that almost every week for myself and him, and it's been great. The other one I'm real fortunate to be at is Streamsong Resort. I've had a great relationship with Matt Jordan who's the head professional at Black and at the Black Course. And, and he provided me an open door to do resort high-end golf schools there. You have to stay on property, but it's one of the most unique properties in the world when it comes to golf, the collection of top 100 courses you can play, the uniqueness of the lodge from an architectural and from a comfort and amenity standpoint of view. It's, it's a fantastic experience. And I I'm real fortunate to be at both. I do recognize Falcons Fire. We've been part of a Next Step Orlando is a, is a charity function here that we're involved with at GRP, and they have theirs their yearly event Correct. out there at Falcons Fire. The other one, no, I haven't I haven't heard of, but I, I'm assuming if you are a serious golfer and you know where to go, then this is one of those places. Oh, we know where to go with this. Stream Song is one of those locations for a golfer that you're going to put a not, another notch on the bedroom post kind of thing it's right. that good of a place wow. Craig, no, let's not get you too excited because you're that's not a, a that's a different meaning is it not <laughs> <laughs> then we need to be educated what we're talking about but it it's it is a very special place which you have to realize it's an abandoned phosphate mine that was left unreclamated forever and the mosaic company put their thoughts and heads together with the u.s government's epa 
to come up with what is arguably a collection of three fantastic golf courses that represent some places in the world that you just can't visit readily, particularly like a Scottish Highlands kind of feel. And it's it's so unique. It's absolutely worth the visit. So I've, and again, I'm not, not a big giant golfer, but I heard golf in Europe is much different than it is here in the States. It is. I've not been fortunate enough to go there, but I've got plenty of friends and clientele that have been there. And the descriptions they make of golf in Europe, particularly in Scotland, Ireland, stream song replicates it quite quite a bit. Do you have to wear a kilt? So, you know, wind blows up your kilt well, kind of thing? Th- I think I'll refer back to Craig's <laughs> comment about what subject are we on here. <laughs> uh, I, I noticed when I was stationed uh, over in the Far East that uh, I went TDY to Korea. And we got there, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, there was nothing on the ground. It was just normal temperature, and we wake up, and there's snow. And as we're uh, going out to one of our assignments, the Koreans are playing in a foot of snow. And and they're adamant golfers, and, and I know uh, I think it's California now. They just reek all over California uh, on all the golf courses. But by the same token, people in Maine, uh, the New England area, the Michigan, the mid upper Midwest, if they get a chance to play in cold weather or just a little bit of snow, it's that fanatical Is there that, as well. I, I've never yeah, been. Yeah, my I've, family's from. I'm originally from Michigan. My family's up there, and if if there's not snow on the ground. And it's not freezing, and the course is open. They'll go play. It just doesn't matter. Now we're fortunate. We live in Florida. We get our pick of days and weather. I was uh, stationed in Tule, Greenland, and uh, we had a golf course. You had to climb a rope for six feet to get up to the top, and there was one hole. And now Greenland is all rock, right? No grass, nothing green in Greenland. And and, and it's funny because the people that were adamant golfers like yourself, they were determined. <laughs> To do it, and I'm like, dude, I'm not climbing a rope. <laughs> Go watch you play one hole. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we're just, I'm just not any good at it. That well, sounds like another experience for the notch on the bedroom post that you Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now we know got that clarified. Uh, oh, now, now, we got, now we got that one clarified. So you talked about your way of giving back. How do you give back outside of teaching people how to golf? Do you do anything as as a company or whomever? What do you do for a community? I do provide through the company and and through my own personal hours. Uh, having served with the PGA of America, that's been a total volunteer leadership where you're elected to that. And I'm probably at the end of a 16 to 17 year run here, which has been very good. And there's various opportunities and events where I've been able to give back that way. From a company, it stems from my father has Parkinson's and his mother had Parkinson's. So when I was told of that about 10 years ago, I got heavily involved here in the Orlando area with the Central Florida Parkinson's Association. Association. Yep. John Gabriel. John Gabriel, yep. Marty Miller. They, yep. they were, they're fantastic people. And uh, to this day, I still give free lessons to Parkinson's, uh, people with Parkinson's and their caregivers. Uh, simply because it's close to my heart. My father's in North Carolina, so there's not a whole lot I can do actively there. So I'm able to give back from that standpoint with John and Marty and, and their crew from time to time. It's tough to pick and choose your charities, but I think going along the same line of passion and fun, uh, when when something's that passionate to you, it's pretty it's easier to make that decision. There's other other ones that I'm close to, but not as close to as John and Marty's association. 
uh, and I try to do what I can for him. Yeah, you know, I had the pleasure of working with John back in the day with the Magic, and I had an opportunity actually to do a live stream at a wine tasting out at a Wine Bar by George, and got to reconnect again with John and do some stuff for him, and it was absolutely amazing. We're jammed into we got you know, like two cameras were jammed into this little space. But it was so cool just to to hear their passion and what they do. So I understand Parkinson's is something that's touched you personally, so you can give back to that, which is fantastic. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. We, we like hearing it when Thanks. the guests come on, have a passion, and do something outside the community. What's better to teach, kids or adults? They're both fun. They both have their positives. They both have their negatives. And sometimes they sort of you really can't tell the difference. Sometimes, <laughs> so, okay. I was like uh, they're like Spalding from from uh, Caddyshack. Yeah, the, kids the, like that. Or the one thing about someone being committed and passionate is they will show their emotions. It doesn't matter the age or gender, and the ability of a coach to be able to bend and flex around those emotions and and steer someone in a direction that they're capable of, they may not be aware of it at that time, male, female, old, or young, is a really neat skill to have and, and to utilize, and I've been blessed with that. The real key between adults and kids to me is kids want to be adults and adults want to be kids yep. to a certain degree, and there's this harmonious vocabulary that meets somewhere in the middle, and golf's been one of those genres of vocabulary that does meet in the middle it's i've been real fortunate that way because it is one of the sports if your son or daughter grows up you can play together correct until you get really 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 old like craig's age oh i still play with my father he he plays twice a week he's close to shooting his age of 81 oh he's out there bound and determined every time he goes out I'm able to take my 19-year-old son, his namesake, and play. So it's uh, now, see that is cool. You're going out because he'll remember that playing golf with his grandpa. He went up and visited Not him dad, by himself. Just grandpa. grandpa. Well, that, yeah, I agree. <laughs> There's still that disassociation going on, but somewhere down the road, maybe I can play with my grand my grandkids. Do you have like you've got the the soccer moms and you've got the dads that are my my son's going to be Michael Jordan kind of thing. Do you have parents that are that way with their kids going to be the next whomever is going to be or for the most part they're not boisterous and they're they're not in the way they're very supportive in every way possible financial time taxi driver that kind of thing it's a rare occasion where you have someone living vicariously through their child and forcing them to do something like that or being very unrealistic with expectations and that is normally when I'll I'll pull a parent aside and say, hey, just let the kid have some fun. What can I do to engage you to make sure the kid has some fun? And that normally drops a jaw going, really? You're going to teach me too? It's not necessarily I'm teaching them the X's and O's and the technicality of the sport so much as their role. What What is your role as mom or dad? And, and how can you best help? And if you want to understand what we're doing, come on over. I'll show you. Let me educate you. And I think that from the standpoint of view, the the junior stable of highly skilled golfers I have right now has been very helpful and very influential for for the parents to understand their role, to be more supportive as the child develops and gets more competitive, to be the person that's always going to be consistent. And when it boils it down, when it all boils down to it, you as a parent is the one consistent thing that child has. 
And if you can't be consistent, you can't expect your child to be consistent. Because yeah, they're going to come to you when things go south. And if you're Absolutely. pretty solid and you're consistent, say, stay in your lane, remember what he's told you, work on this, it'll help as well. And that feeds perfectly into a question of why would somebody choose John Hughes Golf? And I think you just gave the perfect example right there of what that is. Why, why would people choose you? I'm, I'm a big believer in communication. I, my wife will tell me I under-communicate sometimes and then I over-communicate sometimes, but I think we all have that at home sometimes <laughs> we, as we well. We never communicate enough for our wives. Let's exactly. just get that right out there for all the ladies that are offended at it. But I, I, I've early on, I, I set a business ethic, and that was if you contacted me by 5 p.m. Eastern any day of the year, including holidays, you're guaranteed a reply. And I think that's been a really good underlying success story for me and my brand. Not to throw anyone under the bus, but everybody's busy. And in my business, you get bombarded by various communication requests and so forth that a lot of them are forgotten about. That I live by that. And my clients love it. My potential clients really respect it. And they get a really good flavor and feeling for who I am and how committed I am to their progress, to their fun, to their experience. It's not just an adventure. It's an experience to borrow up an old cliche. And that's what it should be. That Anything you endeavor to do well or have fun at, it should be an experience that evolves. And it starts with knowing you've got a partner there who will communicate with you on a regular timely basis. And unfortunately, some people in my industry don't do that. And I've been able to capitalize on it. That works perfectly. I, I appreciate you letting Tim, us we'll know start, about that. Uh, with you Monday. <laughs> sure. Well, actually, <laughs> well, you're giving it to me ahead of time. So I can reply later this evening. <laughs> he's going to tell you, I'm sorry, Tim, I'm full. I can't take you. In by five, gets a reply. After five, well, maybe we'll call you at some point. <laughs> You know what might be kind of fun, actually, to go on the road? We've been up to Rossmeyer Harley-Davidson to do okay. a, a podcast, but do you think it would be possible for us to come out maybe to, like, Falcon's Fire? Because that seems to be a little bit clear. Where is the other? So Falcon's Fire is in Kissimmee right. off of Osceola Parkway. Uh, Stream Song is just outside of Lake Mead, which is due south of Lakeland. It's uh, there's a I took my wife there once, and as we made a left hand turn past the Lakeland Chevrolet dealership, I said, Look in both ways because you're about to say goodbye to civilization. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure enough, within a half mile, that's exactly what was going on. Maybe that might be a little bit of a trip, but do you think it would be possible? Because what I'd like to do actually is to come out maybe and have the three of us sit down and just in your environment. You doing your thing. Sure. Just kind of talk about that. Give a little bit of plug to the to the facility. Obviously, we'd have some photos and maybe and take a video camera with us, but just give a plug to it. I think it'll be kind of fun. Absolutely. You guys are always welcome to it's do It's going to have to be cooler weather, though, because we don't do anything over like 75 degrees. So Again, that's where we're fortunate. We're in Florida. We can get to pick and choose. We can do that. So, well, again, I appreciate you driving all the way over here from Winter Haven. My goodness. To My spend pleasure. 30 minutes with us. And is it, is that, did you fly over here or what? No, uh, if you ask the people that were surrounding me on I-4, <laughs> they probably said yes. <laughs> well, thank you, John Hughes. John Hughes Golf. If you want to know how to golf better, give him a call and he will help you out. Call before 5 and you get an answer right away. I'm going to borrow that. Five before five. Thanks for listening to the Check Your Six podcast. 
Tune in again next time for more information on your small business development.